0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the soccer scene with myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined once again by Noel O'Connor this evening as we digest all things treaty and Ireland going into what is a crucial week across the board, particularly at international level. And all it's fair to say, but we'll start with local level uh, Treaty United League of Ireland. Got a one-all draw against Longford at the weekend, Noel. Started off um, by going one goal down from a fairly soft set piece with with Sam Verdon on the end of it. It was the first goal Longford scored against Treaty this season. Responded quite well to that, I must say, and grew into the game as it went on. Um, Got their equaliser through a brilliantly taken end of current goal. And on the face of it, Noel, it must be said that
1: it's a, a good result. Oh, definitely a good result. I think both teams will be happy. I think particularly Tommy will be happy um with it. Um, you're right about the concession the goal. It was straight out of the treaty playbook, particularly from last year. An overhead corner to the back post, headed across to the front post again, if you like, and a good finish from Sam Verdon. But certainly, treaty be disappointed. It's not something you see them do often. And um, they've been very, very good defending set plays, particularly this year. But um. A brilliant goal then from Ender Curran. He's really, you know, at the top of his game. I think he's at the peak of, of his powers at the moment. The confidence is flowing. And he's very happy the way he held off the defender and a brilliant technical finish. Um, Great pace and at ball speed. Um, An excellent goal. And uh, while I thought Longford played well in the first half and a lot of football, I thought uh, the game got a bit scrappy in the second half. And in terms of chances, I think... Uh, 3D would have edged it in chances, but certainly they'll be happy to keep that unbeaten run going. I think both teams will be happy. It's, it's another point towards getting to the playoffs or consolidating your place in the playoffs, I think. They, are, and, um, they know that they'll live to fight another day and, and there might be bigger uh, battles on the horizon between them in the next four weeks, maybe. So they... Neither team, if you like, wanted to lose face or... Concede any psychological ground in 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 that battle.
0: Yeah, both sides have been extremely close. all throughout the year, you've obviously had three draws, two nil all draws, and one one all draw at the weekend. Obviously, but then three D picked up a really good win uh, in the home game at the Maxfield, which is is the only difference between the teams all season in terms of points. They've taken points off each other and not, or shared the points. Excuse me. Otherwise, um. It's fair to say that it's always tight when Tommy Barrett and Gary Cronin come up against each other in terms of results. I mean, in their overall record, which starts with the last game of 2018 between Bray and Limerick FC, who obviously neither are in charge of anymore. Uh, it's been Tommy Barrett just shading it with four wins, Gary Cronin with three and four draws. So it's extremely
1: close. Yeah, very close. And I think um the way... if you, Well, I certainly go back to Bray last year and long for this year, I think... It, it's a kind of a style of play that suits um treaty to play against because they like to sit in, um it's a possession based game and a lot of sideways um passes and going backwards uh more than forwards and I think that kind of suits treaty who like to be organised. It gives them a chance to get back into their defensive shape and it it is no surprise obviously except for that game in the Marcus field that the the matches between them have been really really tight.
0: Yeah, definitely there was obviously positives to it getting the point, getting closer, edging yourself closer to getting the playoffs. We mentioned, obviously, the form of ender and he backed that up again. On top of that as well, Noel, there was a few changes to the team. Jo- Sean Gearns, uh, Dean George, not in the team. Obviously, Jack Lynch came back in as well off the substitutes bench. But you had starts for Joel Kustrein, Connor Melody and Matt Keane, which has been a rarity in the last maybe two months of the season. So Tommy will be, you know, happy to get decent minutes into those type players as well. Who You know, could very well become important if there's a, a lengthy playoff campaign as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you've the FBI Cup final thrown in there as well. And in fairness to Conor Melody, he's been kind of there? I said semi-final. <laughs> I thought I said the final there. No, that's just you jumping ahead of it again. But no, <laughs> a very important semi-final coming up. I think in fairness to Conor Melody, he's a regular sub. He's come on, in, I think, in a, in, in, a, in a lot of games. I'm a bit surprised at how... Matt Keane has kind of, I don't know, just been only a bit par pl- player compared to how important he was, particularly last season at the start of this season. And Joel Costrain, I think it's important to give him a bit of game time because certainly if you're chasing a game or you're looking for a goal, he's probably a guy that you'd look at, you know, for his ability to 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 create something out of nothing.
0: Yeah, and Matt Keen, Noel, we're used to seeing him playing on either wing mostly on the right side, to be fair. Um, he he played midfield now I would suggest it was out of necessity because as I mentioned you had Mark Walsh had to go back in next to Callum McNamara into centre-back because of the absence of Sean Gearns Uh, Jack Lynch was still obviously not available to to start the game so I I mean if you're Matt Keane you're probably thinking you know I'm not any closer to getting back into the plans if I'm going to be played in centre midfield where he's definitely down to pecking order
1: Yeah I think so and I can see the logic of it too playing him in there because certainly defensively, I've always found him, you know, more than adequate, even in the wide areas. I always thought that, you know, he'd, he'd make you very solid, particularly if your full-back was under pressure. And, you know, if you are taking uh, Mark Walsh out, out of the midfield, well, then a defensive-type player is is certainly a good option to put in there, particularly when you're away from home. And uh, I, that was probably the reason why. And in fairness to to Matt Keane, um, I mean, he seems to be a very professional guy in terms of of his attitude, and um, maybe they'll need him again in there. And you know the fact that he had that spin out in Longford, he'll he certainly have his name back in the manager's head for the next few games.
0: Yeah, and in order to mentioned obviously as well, Joel Castrain and Connor Melody got decent runouts on either wing because you had Willie Armstrong on the bench who did come on. Um, Dean George wasn't in the matchday squad, so. But unfortunately, I suppose, Noel, when these guys get their chance like that, you know, if they're not maybe with with the form that Willie Armshaw and Dean George are in, if they're not assisting or scoring goals or maybe even peppering the opposition goal with shots, the chances are they're gonna to return to a place in the bench and and we'll we'll find it very hard to, to break through.
1: Yeah, and that's the reality of the situation. And you know, we've spoken about it, um, particularly Willie Armshaw, you know, who has really taken his chance, you know, when he's got his start, he's been consistently playing well and creating goals, you know, and, and scoring the odd goal as well. And that's the reality of the league they're in. Um, those guys have the jersey now. It's the business end of the season. You know, if, if if a team is playing particularly well and, and you know, the results are good, well, then any manager is reluctant to change for the sake of change. But as, as you said, it was important to get those guys on the pitch because... There will be, you know, in the playoffs, a couple of days break, you know, there'll probably be a suspension in there maybe, or obviously we don't want an injury, but it's likely there will be someone injured. And particularly in those areas, the wide areas, is where you do make most of your changes. I think every manager, the first change is is a wide player or a striker, whereas, you know, you don't see too many centre-halves or centre-midfielders being substituted. So, important to give those guys a bit of game time and keep everyone fresh and ready for for action
0: yeah, anything can happen in football and no, also not counting the chickens overall I know that 3D have a 10 point lead on Wexford but you know all of a sudden if you don't you know get a decent result as Galway and Wexford win you're kind of saying oh you know will there be a chance like that we could be caught especially playing Wexford but the likelihood is 3D are going to be in the playoffs and do you think that you know their performances as of late we'll say as of late being the last two months they got a nil all draw against Galway in Galway, they obviously got a win and a draw against Longford. They ran Waterford quite close. Do you think that the performances against it likes of those teams who are likely to be paired against them in the playoffs will give 3D a lot of confidence?
1: Yeah, I suppose it's a bit more, more like last year, the last you know, six or eight weeks, where you know the results were quite good against those teams and they were tipping along in second and third place. And you know, we hadn't seen that maybe until the last six or eight weeks. But of late, I think, you know, and we've repeat and repeated a couple of changes at the back, you know, the the change of centre half and and at right back, you know, the the farm the gathering momentum of the farm of Enda Kern, uh Dean George's consistency, you know, and just finding that right balance and they've got and they've got into a bit of a groove. Um, they certainly won't fear anyone in that playoff. As you said, the results have been very close and uh they're certainly in a good place at the moment.
0: Yeah, they certainly are. And I just want to give a bit of credit, actually, as well Noel, to to two players who, you know, I suppose, had a tough part during the season when Treaty were, you know, in relatively poor form themselves, by by all accounts, was Lee Devitt and Stephen Christopher, because Stephen Christopher has been right in terms of assists. He assisted Enda Curran for that goal, even though I know it was a very good individual turn from Curran. It was a deep enough pass. He's been rightly involved and, and seen a lot of improvement from him in the last four weeks, particularly for with the change Noel, from him being out wide to maybe in that kind of number 10 or the creative role. Maybe it's just he's more involved and Lee Devitt has, has seemed to, in my opinion, improved a lot. I know a lot of people will tell me that Lee Devitt has played like that all season. That, that's fair enough, but, but I do feel like he's having more of an impact in recent weeks. Maybe that's just because they're winning and we're, we're all feeling good.
1: Yeah, and I think possibly the the combination in there, and that's often important. I often talk about that combination at the back as well, where where the where the sum is greater than the parts. But certainly, you know, with Mark Walsh sitting and holding that midfield, I think it's given uh, Lee Devitt a bit of freedom. You know, to he he does look a bit eye catching when he's breaking forward. He does that work around the pitch. He's a good runner. He's got himself into, you know, decent scoring positions. And uh, I thought when he was in there with Joe Joe Collins, there was definitely a kind of a deficit there. I, I didn't really know who was doing what or was anyone doing anything. And I think nobody ended up doing anything. But certainly with that, that structure of a good, solid defensive midfielder in there, I think it's given him a little bit of freedom. And uh, he seems to be playing with a bit more, probably a bit more relaxed in his own attitude and certainly a bit of freedom to, to get around the pitch but certainly he's uh, he's very good at
0: definitely and we'll turn our attention now to Friday night's game against Galway You United know, we know the reason Galway would be desperate to, to win just to continue to stop or keep Cork bit from winning the league like they did in their last out in fairness when it looked all set for Cork City to win the league 1-0 up and then a late show from Galway and John Caulfield was thanking his lucky stars that said that Cork didn't win the league in Galway that really would have been a sore one for him but I suppose It won't be said by Treaty in the media and all, but I do get the impression that Tommy Barrett, all his coaching staff, and a good chunk of the players that were there last year will really, really want to beat Galway because they haven't beaten this Galway yet in the time the club, the team, Treaty, haven't beaten Galway in a competitive fixture yet. And there's been a lot of tight games and a lot of last-minute concessions, you know. So I do think that they'll really want this one.
1: Yeah, and I think so. I think that they're in they're in the farm as well, that they should be confident about it, you know, that it's kind of more of a reality, if you like. You know, Tommy talks about Galway being full-time, but they're, like I would say, looking at treat. you know, they're certainly as fit a group as they have been in, in the last two years. They have a striker that's banging farm, something that Galway don't have. And um, they're certainly solid at the back, and they're very cohesive. And, uh, you know, when you've ended current in the team and the farm he's in, shouldn't really fear anyone particularly if you set up the way Treaty do to make sure that you don't concede or, you know, you certainly don't concede anything soft. And uh, I think Galway's problems all year has been scoring goals. Um, they've struggled a bit up there. You know, they've depended on Stephen Walsh, who's just, you know, a left full uh, come striker. They didn't really solve it in the window. And uh, it's probably something that's hanging over them. And there's no reason why Treaty can't think that they can beat Galway. You know, and it's going to be a difficult game for Galway as well. You know, they're hanging just by their fingernails on Cork at the moment. I know John will be desperately determined to stop Cork winning the league, not only this week, but probably next week as well. But um, sometimes when you're kind of in that kind of a focus, it's kind of tightens up a team. And I just felt that Galway were... Getting really tightened up in the last few weeks. I know that they had a great win against Cork after being a goal down, which was really impressive. But uh, I think they're just running out of time, and um, they'll certainly find it difficult to get the three points against Treaty this um, this weekend.
0: Yeah, I know that I'm Kieran Burke on between the stripes, who runs a, a very good podcast. To be fair, on the league on a weekly basis and all. Fine. I suppose he was one of a few people that found it hard to believe that Galway weren't able to fire this year because Wilson Mawera has always shown promise, hasn't he? You know, you've also got Rob Manley now signed in July, who obviously has shown in the past that he can score at this level with Longford and Kevin Teeley, but, you know, hasn't really been in the side a lot. Uh, Jordan Adeyemo was there at the start of the year and he was someone that Galway fans were pinning hopes on and, and he was turfed out because he wasn't in good form but then manages to score five goals in five games for Longford so I mean it, in one way it's a mystery really that Stephen Walsh has been so heavily relied upon I suppose but then again when when you actually look at maybe the style of play for, for John as well it's it's not that much of a mystery that, that Walsh has been so pivotal
1: Yeah look he's a big guy and um, puts us in the box and they do like to get the ball down and put it in the box and, you know, play a very direct style. Um, You you just would have thought that they might have looked for a plan B at times. Um, We haven't seen a whole lot of that. But uh, at the end of the day, whether they stop Cork winning the league and go up directly or, or, or if they go up through the playoffs, that's really all that counts. And they'll certainly be fighting to their last breath. And I suppose that's what... What's made them so difficult that, you know, if you look over the season, a lot of goals coming in the 94th, the 95th, the 96th minute, whether to win a game or to draw a game. And that's something that treaties certainly have to be wary of on uh, on Friday. I know you
0: meant, you talked about it earlier when you were mentioning between Treaty and Longford. Maybe either of them won't want to be shown too much of a hand. That's equally the same because if you look at the way the playoffs are set up, Noel, these two teams, absolutely. Like, look, Galway have no choice but to, to go for it, I suppose. Really, and, and try and win the game as well. Um, but both sides, I suppose, will will possibly be renewing rivalries in, in a very short space of time over two legs.
1: Yeah, I think that's highly likely. But I don't think that'll come into the the thinking of no. Galway and Ireland Friday. No. Certainly, still mathematically in a chance of winning the league. And look, they're not thinking about the playoffs now. They're in them anyway, you know, regardless of what happens on they'll just have a one-track mind on, on Friday night and that'll be to get the three points just to to keep the title race going for at least another week.
0: Yeah, just on a final note with Galway and all, do you believe that, you know, obviously we, we believe it's highly likely with Galway being in the playoffs, but they're not thinking about it right now, but do you believe that maybe that, like with the ultra pressure that John Caulfield will be under in the playoffs that, you know, nothing but promotion will do even though he has another year in the contract after this season?
1: Yeah, you look, I don't know really what's going on in internally in Galway, but you know they 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 certainly have high hopes. Um, I think when John came in first, which was kind of halfway through the season before last, you know, and they were maybe seventh or eighth, and you know he he really got them within a whisker of of going up, and I suppose that kind of built the expectation that look, if we can if he can do that in a half a season, we're kind of guaranteed to go up last year, and I felt that. The feeling was that they would go up last year, and it's just a bit more pressure and a bit more pressure. So, hard to hard to judge what will happen. Um, we probably better wait and see how things go in the playoffs first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know that we were due to talk about Cork City, but we might leave that for, for another week because there's plenty to discuss on, on the Irish front and all as well on the international front. It was a disappointing result, Noel, maybe not, it certainly wasn't a disappointing performance for at least uh, 60 minutes of it anyway, but this might result on Saturday losing 2-1 to Scotland, especially in the fashion that Ireland lost, because it kind of had a draw written all over it, didn't it really, until Alan Brown gave away that uh, penalty. Um, I know Stephen was saying he was pushed, but if he was pushed by anyone, he was pushed by John Egan behind him, the, the other Irish defender. Um, but, you know... I suppose there's it's come down now and all to, you know, it's always been the case, but there's like a two sides here, you know, of of are you uh, you know, supporting Stephen Kenny or are you anti Stephen Kenny? Because people are starting to question, likes of Damon he's starting to question, you know, when do we actually start looking for results in this process, you know, because we go into a match like for instance tomorrow night. Is huge, and you know the way Ireland is now in, in the Viva Stadium after a result where it's been, you know, maybe at this point an end to it, and there's a bit of pressure in the game. If Ireland don't score early tomorrow night, it could be a very nervy place in the Viva Stadium against the Armenia, and you know we have to have to avoid relegation.
1: Just seen the Ar- the Armenia have conceded fourteen goals and uh, scored one. Mm. And look, I, I think it is. I think it is a most win, and I think Ireland will win. I think they certainly played well um i think the the conundrum from ireland always is and look i thought scotland were were decent as well and wasn't that ireland you know played particularly badly at any stage but when you play a team you know each team are going to get spells you know where they're they get a bit of momentum and they're you know they're on the front foot for a few minutes but i you know i i do feel that defensively there is individual mistakes a lot. And I'm just wondering, is it to do with the system? I know the system is really good when we have possession, but you know, you look at the basics, what a fullback has to do, stop crosses, and I think we haven't been good at doing that um in a lot of games. And you can always pick it out. John Egan, I'm a great fan of his, yet, you know, he, he he lost his man from inside in the box just Simple, really, mistakes. A um, couple of chances to score, and uh, the worry for me was, you're not going to play well in every game, no matter who you are. I mean, we we sit here and talk about Treaty maybe against Cove five or six weeks ago, and we thought they were very poor, but they, you know, they eked out a win um, against UCD. They were fantastic. The the worry for me is that Ireland were really good on on on, on Saturday night. Yet came away with nothing because there are going to be days when they're not really good and it's those days that you really have to pick up either a draw or a win and uh, I just haven't seen that in that team that I think they were talking tonight on, about something being missing and maybe it is experience but I think there's enough of experience in that team to that they need to realise that whether you're playing well or playing poorly you just got to get the result you've got to find a way to get a draw or find a way to get a win and I think that's just lacking and that certainly needs to change um, quickly. And,
0: uh, and notoriously, Noel, particularly under Stephen Kenny's reign, there's been a, you know, after a, a very good performance or a promising performance, now we probably haven't got the results because we've only had three wins and 20 competitive internationals, but there's always been a, a following of a very poor performance. You look at the likes of the Luxembourg at home and you know, and that's the worry going into tomorrow night. And that'll surely be on the minds of players, won't it? Because Armenia are going to be totally different to Scotland. They're not going to come out and attack Ireland. So it'll be a totally different game. And the whole impetus will be on Ireland to come out and,
1: and get that goal. Absolutely. And you won't get those chances to counterattack against Armenia, I think. So it is really important that they certainly play in the front uh, foot and play quickly. And sometimes you probably need to be direct. You know, and they probably need to go a little bit more direct, I think, um, tomorrow night. And certainly, you know, the old cliche, just put them under pressure and get the crowd up. And look, the early goal is really going to be very, very important. Um, I could see Callum Robinson maybe starting tomorrow night with his goal record, although not recently, but certainly in the last 12 or 15 months, his goal record has been pretty good. But I, I hate saying it, but it certainly is a game that Ireland need to win in and need to win well.
0: Yeah, and outside of that change, Noel, where you, you may think Callum Robinson may come in, uh, can you see any other changes? Like, for instance, there seems to be a clamor in the media, maybe for for Matt Arty to drop out and and play Alan Brown in that position. Um, I suppose that all comes from the frustration of his lack of effort to stop that cross. I think really on on Saturday
1: night. Yeah, it's just one thing. I'd- you know, and it, it it was disappointing, particularly with his new manager in, in Spurs. I he'd be too enamored by mm-hmm. by his inability to stop the cross. So um, look, there might be a few changes. I'm wondering is Seamus Coleman going to come in? He said that he's not making too many changes. I think he'll make a couple of changes up up top for sure, or maybe just flip it and bring on those guys maybe in, in the last half an hour, you know, and start possibly Robinson and up our own. Or Benny tomorrow night, and maybe bring Tri-Parrot on, you know, later on in the game. But uh, there's going to be a change in the middle of the park anyway. Uh, I'm not so sure about Alan Brown as 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 a wingback. Um, mm. maybe Seamus Coleman there. Um, possibly Robbie Brady to start on the far side. I thought James McLean was pretty quiet, mm. which wouldn't be his normal. But um, look, probably need to to make a few changes, and we can always bring people on. But regardless of who's playing, you know, they certainly need a big um, start.
0: Yeah, I was just, when you, when you uh, termed Ogbena as our own, I was thinking to myself, we desperately need the likes of Dara Costa <laughs> to, to get into the Irish setup to actually claim one of our own. It's been so long, as we've discussed that on numerous occasions, but on another big evening, all final note for ourselves as well, it's a big evening tomorrow night for not just the senior team, but the under-21s, it's absolutely huge. Second leg of that, uh, playoff, the Euro playoff. I mean, it's amazing, really, that we've never got to a tournament at that, that, that level. Well, it's not really when you think about it, because anyone that's good enough in Ireland from 18, 19 generally gets put straight into the senior, so you'd really. Um, but, you know, there was part of me in all the thought. Last week was a missed opportunity for the under ones at home. You know, they, they drew on all, obviously. But then you see the, the Israelis have, have called in maybe four or five players from their senior squad that will be available to play for them at tomorrow night as well, obviously at home. So it's going to be a very difficult night. Obviously, we, we hope they, they can manage it. But there was part of me thinking you kind of needed a lead going over there.
1: Possibly. And the other side of it is this team, in fairness, have got a couple of great results away from home. You know they're going to be together now for two or three days, and they've nothing to lose. Um, and I, I would give Maria a chance to be fair to them. I suppose um, the biggest. Um, con- not
0: counting is a big thing too, and all actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, you know it's certainly it's 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 a cup final. now. it's kind of a ninety minute cup final. Obviously, if if it isn't a draw, but look, I don't think look obviously it would have been better if they won. But then they might be just trying to hang on to that lead, you know, and tomorrow night. Whereas it's a kind of a cup final now and look, you certainly give them a real chance.